Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Off the Bench Podcast on 104.5 ESPN. For more, follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore ESPN or on YouTube. Good morning, everybody. It is 7 a.m. on Monday, December 4th. Today in Baton Rouge, expect cloudy skies with a high of 77. Coming up on OTB, Bill Bender, the Sporting News, joins the show at 7.15. We talk to Ross Jackson of the Locked on Saints podcast at 8.30. And Hold the Mayo joins the show at 9 a.m. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at OTB underscore ESPN. Or catch us on YouTube at the 104.5 ESPN channel and subscribe for daily content. Hour number one of Off the Bench, live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge studio, starts now. Here we go! All-Star Toyota presents Off the Bench with Jacob Hester and T-Bob Hebert. Yeah, 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 yeah! Off the Bench with Hester and T-Bob. Hey, they said I gotta come off the bench. All-Star Toyota presents Off the Bench with Hester and T-Bob. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, and welcome into OTB here on this Monday morning. And man, do we have a lot to get to. Jacob, Mario, and Taylor here with you. No T Bob A Bear. T Bob is, I believe, already in Disney because if I saw right yesterday, uh, he was filming snaps while he was in the murdered out minivan on his way to Disney. So no T Bob A Bear today, although. As fired up as T-Bob was, there is a chance that he might call in to the show. Uh, He wasn't very happy yesterday, just like there was a lot of people that weren't happy yesterday when the college football playoff rankings came out, and obviously we will get to that. And this show every single year is always interesting because, well, when you leave on Friday, there's so many things that happen between then and now, between championship games, Heisman narratives, which will certainly get into you find out who's going to be in the four team playoff and I mean that's just the surface I mean now you throw in the transfer portal you've got big time primetime quarterbacks going into the transfer portal today because today is the day today is the day that the transfer portal is officially open so a ton to get to here we do have Bill Bender in about 10 minutes from now 15 minutes from now sporting news to get kind of a national look 
on some of the reaction to the college football playoff. But like we start every single show, let's go around, get a little vibe check. Mario, how you doing? What's good, Jake? Uh, doing okay. A little upset about the uh, final rankings like you guys are, but we'll get into it. But um, all in all, good weekend, man. Ready for the week. Taylor? Uh, doing a lot better than Florida State fans. <laughs> it wasn't a bad weekend ah, for me. So I'm, yeah. I'm here a little bit longer of a day. Got to do some AFR this afternoon, but we're going to power through it. Did we call any high school football this weekend? Or y'all off? Nah, not this oh, week. Nope. Okay. You high didn't have the rights. I believe they won the. Or no, no, they lost. You, no, you had lost overtime. Yeah, St. Charles. Yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was a really good weekend of high school football. Like as far as the games in Louisiana. Well, so, so Friday night, if y'all remember, we had all that lightning. Yeah. Basically, every game in and around Baton Rouge had to be rescheduled for Saturday afternoon. So all those games <sighs> were finished Saturday afternoon. That's brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Like there was there was one. I don't remember which one it was. Um, and, like, they, they just played the fourth quarter on 4 o'clock Saturday. That was a Catholic Rummel game. I yeah, I think it was okay. a Catholic yeah, Rummel. Yeah, you're right, because I did see Zachary. Yep. Uh, they played as well uh, in the daytime. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And now I know exactly what's going on here. All right, let's go ahead. Let, let's get into it. And, you know, if, if Florida State would have come in – Yesterday at number four, probably was going to lead the show today, talking about Oregon and Bo Nix failing to capitalize on the opportunity and basically, you know, securing what should have always happened, you know, which is Jaden Daniels be the front runner in the Heisman Trophy race. And we will certainly get there. Now, you know, that's going to be a big deal for LSU going back to New York and the impact of what that can do for your program. But I think every college sports radio show maybe even if they don't cover college a ton is leading with this because it is the lead story and if you're listening to the show you probably already know but Florida State gets left out of the college football playoff now Michigan being one okay Washington being two okay if Washington honestly and I'm in the minority here if Washington would have ended up number one I would have had no issue with it when you look at their resume Look, and I know if you're a Pac-12 hater, you're like, it, it's in the Pac-12. It doesn't matter what they do at a conference. Pac-12 is good this year. I think we had to give the Pac-12 the credit for what it was. And so, and by the way, they beat Boise State, who won the Mountain West. And so that was one of their non-conference wins. And they've, they've won 20 straight games. So if Washington would have been one, honestly, would not have had an issue with it. But Michigan goes one, Washington goes two, and then you see Texas number three. Well, Texas, you know, probably deserved to be in the college football playoff. We were wondering, you know, would they be four or would they be three? Because they had the head-to-head against Alabama. Because of what the playoff committee told you, with them being ahead of Alabama the entire time, well, they were going to get in before Alabama. And honestly, as soon as I saw they were number three, I was like, oh, Alabama's getting in. Alabama's getting that fourth spot. Because I felt like it was going to, you know, if they want to stay true to the undefeated, Florida State, maybe they'll put them at number three. They put Texas at number four. But it's like as soon as that happened, you knew something was probably coming across the wire that was going to be a little bit of a controversy. And it has certainly been that. And so you put Alabama four. And we saw the reaction from a couple of different places. One from Michigan when they found out Alabama was number four. And then you get the Florida State reaction, and you can understand why every single one of those players and coaches, support staff, is highly disappointed. Now, arguing deserving teams, 
best teams, all the different ways to argue this. We could go a thousand different directions. And I was at the game in Atlanta on Saturday. I saw Alabama, big boy Georgia up front. That's what they did. The line of scrimmage was Alabama's. So very impressive win. They had the loss. And Florida State did not have the loss. And for me, one of the things that when I look at it, you know, you played LSU in a neutral site game. And it, yeah, it was in the state of Florida, so that helps you out there. We all heard the crowd there. And you dominated in the second half, right? An LSU team that ended up being a top 13 team. You go to Clemson, right? Now, Clemson wasn't Clemson, but you see it on the schedule. You go to Clemson, you get that victory there. And we could go down the resume, but look, as a former player, to know that this is your schedule, you've got LSU, you've got to go on the road to Clemson, you've got to play in the ACC, which, look, the ACC was, was down this year. We understand that. But then you also you have to go to the Swamp. And I know record be damn, and I know Florida only won five games, but you go to the Swamp and you get a victory there. Like as a former player and as a player that's on that, that staff and, and on that team, like you feel like you did everything that you had to do to get into the college football playoff. You're Florida State, not Boise State, right? You're not directional school, you. You're Florida State. You're not Oregon State. Right? If, if somebody in the Pac-12 years ago would have done it, you're like, oh, I don't know, man. Pac-12's been down for like five years. A one-loss ACC team had never been left out. And now you leave out an undefeated. And it, it, that's tough. When you see, like, across the country what some of these teams are doing and, and what the ACC did against the SEC this year, right? they had a winning record. Actually, against the Big Ten and the SEC, they fared pretty well. So, Florida State right now, I just never thought that we would see a Power Five like this, an ACC champion, be left out of the college football playoff for a one-loss team. And I can, I can tell you, covering the SEC championship game, being in the press box, being on the field after, I'd say 90% of the people there thought the SEC was going to get left out. They thought because Alabama beat Georgia that the SEC was going to get left out and it was going to be the four teams that we talked about, the three undefeateds in Texas. And so I think a lot of people, even within the SEC, were surprised that Alabama got that final spot. Uh, I'll go across the glass here to the fellas. Uh, Mario, we'll start with you. Initial thoughts when you saw Alabama gets in, Florida State's out. Um, I just feel terrible for Florida State. You know, this is somebody who, like you said, did everything right. They scheduled LSU to start the season. You know, national championship contender. Win that game. You weather a lot of adversity. You win the last two games with backup quarterbacks. This past one with your third string. Go undefeated. Win the conference. You still get punished. This is, this is just a part of college football. I don't like, I suppose. Just feel awful for Florida State. All right, Taylor, what, do you, what was your initial thoughts when you saw it? Um, disappointed, but unfortunately not surprised. You were telling um, us before the show when you saw that they made so, it. So you when, thought, I, when I like, yeah, I didn't watch it live. I was just, I was out right. and about a lot yesterday. And then um, my dad texts me and he's like, Alabama got into the playoff. And I was like, oh, hell, they took them over Texas. Like, Texas had the head to head. And he's like, no, Florida State. I was like, they left out undefeated Florida State. Um, I think the. Unfortunately, the college football playoffs set a troubling precedent yesterday that the regular season no longer matters in college football. I think that's where we're at. And then they're like, 
well, you know, you got a backup quarterback now. And, yeah, your defense looks good. I heard somebody say, well, they're basically Iowa now. I heard a guy say that. And I'm like, okay, so you loved Florida State. They had Keon Coleman, Benson, Jordan Travis. They had this high-powered offense. They got Sunday players, yeah. You lose your starting quarterback. Now you're finding a way to be resilient and win in different types of ways. Win with defensive football. You're showing that you can win in multiple ways. I think that should help you, but it, it turns out it hurt them, and Bama's in it. And we know, look, we know that without Jordan Travis, Florida State is not the same team. And it, it's in the language. It is in there. It's in the bylaws, if you will, of the college football playoff selection process. And again, going back to you know being in a locker room for most of my life and, and, and playing for championships. And we look, I played an SEC championship game where our starting quarterback, you know, Flynn was out and Paralu came in. Paralu did a great job, wins MVP of that game and and not every situation is the same. I understand that. But just like I I said last week, you have 85 scholarship players. Okay. It is the ultimate team game, 11 on offense, 11 on defense. And how many times have we thrown a play behind us and we've said, Hey, 10 guys doing the exact right thing. And you know, one guy messes up and it messes up the entire play on offense and defense. Right. Remember last year, we kind of went through a whole deal. We're showing you coverages, 10 guys playing the right coverage. One guy goes rogue, and then it's six the other way for the offense on the other team. Right. So it's the ultimate team game, and you have to be going in the right direction. So for 84 other guys, because of one injury, you know, to suffer, it sucks. It's the only way to put it. Right. You feel bad for them. Now, it's the most important position, and Florida State's not the same team. And two things can be true at the same time. Florida State can be the most deserving, and Alabama can be the better team because I, I think that is the case, right? But still, Florida State did everything that they had to do that they were supposed to do on their resume, and they still they get left out, and they're going to be watching the college football playoff. And then they, they got a game with Georgia. That's a fascinating game to see, you know, how those teams feel because we like nobody is talking about Georgia. I mean, Georgia went from 1 to 6, right? 30 game winning streak or whatever it was, they go from 1 to 6 after losing a 3-point game in the SEC Championship game in a neutral site, right? So like we've never really seen that kind of fall, certainly for a team that lost by a field goal. So there's so many different ways to kind of break this down. We're going to continue this conversation. We're going to have Bill Bender of the Sporting News join us here when we come back. It is OTB. Hopefully you're enjoying your Monday morning so far. And again, a lot to get to. So stay locked in here to 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Off the bench with Hester and T-Bob. ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, and 1130 The Tiger. All right, just like we tell you every single time that T-Bob is out of town, now's the time for Central Plumbing because T-Bob's not taking up you know all of their time, all of their fleet. And by the way, they got the fleet ready to go. So even if T-Bob was in town, as you see right there on the homepage of centralplumbing.org, they're ready. And they've got the vans stacked on the vans ready to go for your emergency, which you can always call that number, 225-925-8552. Or just if you're looking to upgrade, you have a home, you know, maybe the main bathroom needs a little loving, a little TLC, a little facelift, if you, if you will. Need a new vanity, shower, whatever it might be. Well, they can come in. Certainly, they can handle that. But if you own a business, 
right? And you've got, you know, maybe you have an entire floor downtown and you have six restrooms on this one floor. Well, they can come in and they can help you there too because as I said, the fleet is ready to go. No job's going to be too big for them. Find that at centralplumbing.org. Again, 225-925-8552. All-Star Toyota presents Off the Bench with Hester and T-Bob, ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, and 1130 The Tiger. All right, welcome back in to OTB, talking college football playoff, and we will certainly get to the Heisman Trophy conversation, but I want to continue that playoff discussion with my guy Bill Bender of the Sporting News. At BillBender92 is the handle. Give him a follow on Twitter. Bill, always a pleasure. Hope you're doing well today. Hey, Jacob, how's it going, man? Uh, you know, nothing going on in college football. You know, no no controversy in the playoff. Kyle McCord didn't just enter the transfer portal like we all thought he would. <laughs> so, I mean, Bill, this is one of those days. And oftentimes, after championship weekend, the Monday always has a lot of juice. But with Florida State getting left out, I can't remember one that, you know, the entire college football nation, right, is just – Screaming one way or the other. So, Bill, I'll start with this. When you saw that Alabama got the fourth spot over Florida State, how shocking was it to you? Not shocking. Just not right. And, and I get we can do the whole exercise of four most deserving teams. Florida State did everything they could. And I think the worst part about it is it pins it on Jordan Travis. Yeah. The quarterback that got injured, it's like, do you think he planned to break his ankle? And they were judged based on that injury more than going 13-0. and However, I do understand why. I mean, they weren't going to leave out the SEC champ. And something that stood out with me that night was when I heard Urban Meyer say they're not going to take Alabama without Texas, I thought, well, they'll probably just end up taking both of them then. The – I think the most surprising thing, and, and Bill, I said it right before you came on, to leave like a brand like Florida State out, right? And it's not Boise State, it's not Oregon State, it's not Arizona State, it's Florida State. Like that's that also kind of adds to it for me. And I, I look, we all realize they're not the same team. We all watched the game against Louisville, but they did win the game, right? One of my producers was just saying as well, like they were finding different ways to win games and. I'm never going to take going into the swamp and beating Florida, regardless of what that record is, lightly. Like, I know how hard it is to play in that place, and then you find a way to beat Louisville. And it's just, we don't see a team like Florida State not get the benefit of the doubt very often, but also right. we know who gets the benefit of the doubt every time. And look, those those things are earned. I need to put that out there. Those things are earned, and Alabama gets it. I think who it was that got left out also is, is a little surprising here. Yeah. I mean, that's the hard part is who do you leave out? And they did, the committee didn't have an easy task here. You're either leaving out the sec champion, which anybody that watched these five games over the weekend had to come up to the conclusion that, yeah, that Alabama Georgia game was the best of the five in terms of teams that, that felt like a national championship game. Do you leave out yeah. the undefeated team or do you leave out Texas who beat Alabama? Um, really tough decision. And I, I think as I worded it yesterday on January 1st, as, as angry as we might be or indignant with that, we are that Florida state didn't make it. 
those games are going to be pretty good on January 1st. You get Texas, yeah. Washington, you get Michigan, Alabama in the Rose Bowl. I can't wait for that, honestly. Yeah, I mean, the brand matchup that's going to be, and, and again, I think Alabama is a really good football team. I mean, I was covering the SEC championship game. I'm sure you were covering the Big Ten game, Bill, but watching the line of scrimmage, Alabama dominated it. So this isn't even necessarily – you know, what they didn't do. I mean, they went out there and they beat a Georgia team that hasn't lost since Moby Dick was a minnow. And so I understand what they did over the weekend. But, you know, Georgia's another team, by the way, Bill. Like, they go from one to six. They lose for the first time in forever, in, you know, in years. And they go from one to six. And, you know, it's just the, the conference championship portion of it. But you lose to Alabama by three on a neutral site. And you not only drop from one, you drop from one to six, and, you know, nobody's really having that Georgia conversation either. Right. I mean, they, they definitely had a case, and that's why the committee got away with it because we're going to 12. I honestly believe that if we were still doing a four-team playoff next year, they would have put Florida State in. I think I'm crazy, but I just think they don't have to live with this as long just because they say, well, the 12 team. 12-team playoff will fix that in the future, and Florida State can feel bad about it, and we can fall back on the fact that their offense didn't look great without Jordan Travis, and I think that's what they did. And, and you do get Alabama in there. They are playing well. I'm wondering whether Jalen Milrow will make it to New York. I mean, I filled out my ballot this morning. I think there's a chance he might. Yeah, talking with, with people in, in the press box for the SEC championship game, a lot of people, Bill, were waiting to put that third vote in to see kind of how it played out because of some of the things that we saw on championship weekend. And I do want to go out west with you real quick. You and I have talked about, you know, that game a lot on off campus last weekend. You know, different narratives, you know, both Heisman Trophy contenders right there with Penix and with Bo Nix and then Washington yet again. And, and I, I can't define why because I don't know why Washington – was almost a 10-point dog. It, it got to 10, and then it dropped back down to single digits. And it's a team build that has won 20 straight games. They had already beaten Oregon once this year. And I don't care, like, how it played out. They won 36-33. to They beat – I mean, look, they beat a Texas team in the Alamo Bowl last year. And so they don't look out of place with teams like Texas. And they went out there yet again, and they proved they're one of the best teams in the country. Right. I mean, it's just they continue to silence the doubters. And you and I, I just didn't like that line. I picked Oregon to win. And, you know, Oregon did respond and score three unanswered touchdowns. But this Washington team keeps answering. And one of the things for all the attention we give to Michael Penix and Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. The receivers, who are all good, and Jalen McMillan, you know, adds another layer. They run the ball well. Yeah. Dylan Johnson was a difference maker in those those physical games against Oregon State and Oregon to end the season. And, I mean, this is the first playoff in a while, Jacob, where I feel like any one of these four teams can win it. I, I've, I don't think I've felt like that many times in the last 10 years where I can actually make a case that, yeah, Washington could win this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, the matchups are highly intriguing. You talked about it. I mean, Michigan and Alabama in the Rose Bowl, uh, just a great brand matchup, great uniform uh, matchup, by the way, and just the way that Alabama's playing. We know Michigan. We know their style. Like, we know how they want to win football games. And so I want to get just kind of some initial thoughts on both these matchups because, I mean, you've watched, you know, Michigan play a ton this year. I mean, you were just at the game a couple of weeks ago. Initial thoughts on that one, like knowing how Michigan wants to play, knowing how good their defense is, knowing how they want to run the football, how do they match up with Alabama? What are some of your initial thoughts on that one? Well, they need this month to to get healthy. I mean, their offensive line's beat up. Will Johnson got hurt in the Ohio State game. They, as much as I'm intrigued by the offense, it's going to be a a slug-and-go matchup because both of these teams have – but not Jalen Milroe, but Alabama hasn't run the ball all that great, right? Other than Jalen Milroe. And then Michigan's running game sputtered a little bit against Iowa and Ohio State, which had teams that can control the line of scrimmage. So it will come down to JJ McCarthy and Jalen Milroe making plays against tough defenses. Um, it's hard to pick Michigan in that game. I, I just think Alabama with a month and the talent they have, and the last two times I've watched these two teams play, um, it's going to be a tough one for the Wolverines. But their defense is really good, too. We'll find out what's changed yeah. since the last time they played in the Citrus Bowl where it was clear that Alabama just had a little bit more talent. You know, so, Bill, you and I talk a lot of Big Ten when we're all off campus, and we've talked about Penn State and James Franklin and not being able to get over or through or, you know, beside the roadblocks that are Ohio State and Michigan, and it's a real narrative and we're, you know, successful seasons because you're winning double-digit games, but you don't get over that. Well, if Harbaugh and Michigan don't win a playoff game again this year, that that's a real conversation, right? I mean, you lose back-to-back years in the playoff. Last year, disappointing to TCU. You come back for a third year in a row, and you get there and don't even advance to the national championship. Like, deserved or not deserved, that's going to be a narrative for that program. Well, it's a dated reference in a completely different style that they played, but it reminds me a little bit of the Houston Oilers <laughs> when they used to have Warren Moon. That is a very dated reference. But remember, they never broke through. Right. They they had some really good teams that they couldn't just get through, and oh, that's the Bills definitely going to follow them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, the Bills game. I, I, you know, I stopped watching that game and was playing uh, Super Tech Mobile with my buddies, and then yes. we turned it back on, and it was tied. Um so my my I guess my answer is yeah they, there is a lot of pressure on them and speaking of Penn State I guess 
somebody has to win that game with Ole Miss between him and Lane Kiffin, and that's a big game for both of those teams. Oh, gosh. I mean, that game, the Orange Bowl and the Disappointed Bowl, we should say with Florida State and Georgia, there's going to be some great uh, matchups there for the New Year's Six games. Uh, all right, last one, Washington and Texas. We saw it last year in the Alamo Bowl. Washington wins 27-20. to 20. I mean, this one feels like we're going to have a lot of offense. Uh, I just think with these two quarterbacks, with the way they're playing, feels like it's going to be high scoring down here in New Orleans. Initial thoughts on that one? Well, that's, people were asking me, why did Michigan choose the Rose Bowl? And I'm like, are you serious? They're not going down to New Orleans and, and playing no. that primetime game against Alabama. No. Uh, they're going to go. But, yeah, this will be fun. Um, both quarterbacks, future NFL quarterbacks. We talked about those Washington receivers. Well, Texas has got some good ones, too. A.D. Mitchell and uh, Xavier Worthy and Jatavian Sanders. There's going to be points in that game. And Washington beat them in the Alamo Bowl last year. And, again, the difference was running the football a little bit, not committing turnovers. So I think Texas wins, though. So uh, these are early, early predictions, and I reserve the right to change them. But <laughs> I think we're headed toward an Alabama-Texas rematch, which will be a heck of an infomercial for the SEC, won't it? Uh, yes, yes, it absolutely would. And, and that's probably the game, Bill, that we've talked about more than any other game. You know, like we've talked about that game, and, and at first we're like, oh, well, Texas is back, Alabama's done. And it's been a point of reference every time we've talked about resumes for both teams. And so if we do get that game, it will come kind of full circle. And I, I think a lot of people would actually enjoy that matchup. So, Bill, you're the best. We appreciate your time, as always. I'm sure you have like 97 other hits to do today. So we appreciate you waking up early with us. Talk to you and Bobby before 9 o'clock. This is a good day. So thanks so much for having me on. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Bill Bender of the Sporting News at Bill Bender 92 Oh, man. I'm seeing a lot of Washington hate inside the chat, and I just I do not understand. Y'all, they have won 20 straight games. They The Pac-12 has four ranked teams still, like in the final rankings. They have four teams in the top 25. Washington, who won the league, beat the five teams underneath them in the Pac-12, right? They beat Texas a year ago. And I'm not, I'm not going back to that because last year's not this year. But it just shows you that they've got the Jimmys and Joes to play with a team like Texas. They're not going to be out of place in this game. I'm not calling for them to win right now. We're a long way from predictions. Like, we still have to sort out a lot of different things. They've got a pro quarterback. They've got pro receivers. They have a pro left tackle. They've got a pro running back, right? And they do enough on defense to put themselves in a position to win. Now, I'm not saying Oregon is what a lot of people were telling me Oregon was because I told you last week, I didn't believe that they were that. You beat any team like that, though, twice, that means something, right? I've been, look, I've been in the NFL when the Raiders were poo. They were terrible. Awful. And Chiefs weren't that great when I was in the NFL early either. And we would beat them the first time, and the second time would be a dogfight. Because it is damn hard to play a team twice and have the same success that you had the first time. So for them to go out there and do that again, well, that means something. So, no, Washington needed to be in this college football playoff. For the people calling for them to be one of the four that was out, that ain't it. Because Washington, if you watch them, they did everything that they needed to do, and they've done it. For the last two years. They finished last year winning seven in a row. They've won 13 
right since then. So, no, this team absolutely deserves to be exactly where they're at. All right, let's get into a little bit more of that game because, well, that game was one that we were all watching to see what Bo Nix did. Now, Michael Penix as well, and I think he changed his position in the Heisman Trophy vote, but we were watching Bo Nix because Bo Nix was the favorite going into that game. What did he have to do to win or lose the Heisman? We'll break it down next when we come back. It's OTB. Off the bench with Hester and T-Bob. All right, so we've been telling you over the last couple of weeks about the incredible things that they're doing over there for Gordon McKernan and this bike giveaway. 488 bikes, right? And by the way, like different sizes as well, right? So you go in, you sign up at gordongives.com. You tell them a little bit of information, what size bike, if you were, in fact, one of the winners. And so go to that website. And by the way, right, that deadline did pass for Alexandria, Lafayette, Lake Charles, Monroe, and Shreveport. But you can find the giveaway dates and times on the website so you know when to kind of be on the lookout for some of the winners they choose in those areas. But Baton Rouge and Hammond, you have three more days. So you have three more days in the Baton Rouge and Hammond area to enter. GordonGives.com. Check out at GetGordon. That is the handle on all major social media for more information as well. Go to that website today, gordongibbs.com. Presents Off the Bench with Hester and T-Bob, ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, and 1130 The Tiger. The portal is scorching right now, and we probably knew it would. Again, today is the day that it officially opens up, although I don't really know what that means because we've already had 1,089 players before yesterday so the number probably went up enter the transfer portal and we've actually seen some already commit but whatever that means that it officially opened well it is officially open and there's some names that we will get to a little bit later on but let's have the conversation because Jaden Daniels his Heisman odds if you were watching them during the Pac-12 championship game there my gosh there was some movement there and I was at an event for uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. It was hosted by our guy Aaron Murray, and I was there with a ton of SEC people, and it was actually kind of cool to see every SEC fan. Now, y'all know me. I am not somebody that chants SEC, just not who I am. I'm like, why in the world would I cheer for schools that directly are you know, competing with LSU every single day? But it was kind of cool to see everybody in kind of this area watching this game to see if Jaden Daniels was going to be the Heisman frontrunner going into this weekend. Because everybody that I talked to, there was a ton of former Georgia players, and it was from other schools as well, but they were there, and they were wanting to see Jaden Daniels have the odds go in his, in his favor, and they did. It was fascinating to watch it during the game. I mean, I wasn't – like, I was in Georgia, so I couldn't bet it at the time, but I'm sitting there on DraftKings, and I'm just watching the odds. And I'm watching them kind of go back and forth a little bit. And then when Bo Nix, you know, didn't make the plays in the first half, he has an interception, and you were kind of seeing the game flow. You're like, unless he does something incredible here, 
this Heisman Trophy is Jaden Daniels. Like, he is going to win this deal. And there was a couple of times I'm like, oh, man, here comes Bo Nix. And they did. I mean, they certainly made a comeback. I mean, you're talking 20 to 10 at halftime. And it felt like Washington still had firm control of that game. And then third quarter, 14 nothing Oregon. And you're like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, here it goes. And even, like, you're trying to play it out in your head. You're watching a couple of different times where you're trying to put scores on the board before they happen to see what kind of Heisman moment that Bo Nix could have. And when it was it was a three-point game, Washington was driving, clock's winding down, Peter Burns turns it to me, he goes, they're going to kick a field goal, they're going to go up six, and Bo Nix is going to drive down that field, he's going to score a touchdown, and that's going to be his Heisman moment. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, he could have that moment, but still, I mean, he is – there's things that he has missed in this game, turn the ball over. Well, we all know that didn't happen, but still, like, just trying to play it out in your head, you're wondering, you know, how they were going to respond every time Washington did. And, and for the most part, there in the second half, it was a back and forth. But Michael Penix Jr. might have put himself in a different position in this game. He was probably going to be third, a distant third, in the Heisman Trophy voting and he probably put himself into second, or at least in the conversation. And again, like we're not allowed to tell you who we voted for until the uh, the official ceremony, but the conversations can be had, certainly. And you're talking about, okay, well, who should be one, who should be two, who should be three? And again, there's a lot of people Saturday in Atlanta that were like, hey, I'm holding off on some of my votes because I want to see what happens in this game. And I am in full favor. That's how you should do it, right? That wasn't due until today. Watch the games over the weekend, right? Because they can be won, they can be lost in, in this Pac-12 championship game. Now, Jaden and Bo were pretty even. But Bo Nix was going to go have to do something pretty remarkable to go take firm grasp of that Heisman Trophy lead and kind of separate himself. And the odds were going in the other direction. And so, I mean, what did it finish, fellas? I know at one point it was minus 1,400 for Jaden Daniels. I think it's the last that I saw. Yeah, the highest I saw it was like minus 1,200. Yeah, so. I saw 1,400 at one time. And, he, yeah, I mean, he was plus. Like but he was plus. I mean, not not crazy. Like plus. He was like, what, plus 150? Something plus like 150 that. in most, yeah. most books. Plus 120, I think, might have been the best. But, I mean, just completely flipped on his head. And at halftime, Jaden went to a minus 200 favorite. And then by the end of the game, again, I saw it up to minus 1,400. So LSU is going to have a quarterback already that was going to be in New York City for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. And now he is the, without question, front runner. And just having conversations over the weekend, I mean, I, I didn't have one person that was trying to make an argument for anybody else. I mean, what Jaden Daniels did this year was appreciated by all of college football. It wasn't just the SEC guys that I'm having these conversations with. I mean, it's everyone that was there to cover Georgia, Alabama. And obviously, they, they knew where I played football, and so they wanted to have that conversation. And so now LSU has a fantastic opportunity to have two Heisman Trophy-winning quarterbacks in a five-year span. Just think about that. If I would have said that out loud in – Let's just 2014. If I would have said they had a Heisman winning quarterback in 2014, much less two in a five-year span, y'all would have you know, taken me somewhere to, to check on, on, on my thought process, right? 
You have to build off this, though. You have to take a Heisman-winning quarterback and build momentum, not only at that position, but just team success moving forward. In 2019, you were the highest of highs of all of college football that I had ever seen. But you didn't parlay that into success in the next season. You're 500, right? These moments do not come very often. When they come, you have to take them and you have to build off those moments. So that's the challenge for LSU. And by the way, we hadn't gotten to the bowl game yet. I'm going to play Wisconsin and the artist formerly known as the Outback Bowl. And we're going to talk about it. It's a very winnable game for LSU. Now, if Jaden Daniels plays in that game or not, I don't know. Malik Neighbors has said, you know, weeks ago that he was going to play because he wants the all-time record. You still have a lot of advantages against Wisconsin. I watched him play a couple of times this year. You have advantages across the board against them. So getting to 10 wins, having the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback has to go into a mode where you parlay that success into success in the next year, right? You have to bring in these quarterbacks now that understand, hey, if you come here, you can win a Heisman Trophy. You have to start to get some of those quarterbacks, and they are, right? We've talked about it. In the next year's class, the number one quarterback in the country, a lot of people think he's an LSU lean. So you're doing those things. But don't waste this opportunity. Don't waste having this generational run of quarterbacks. Two quarterbacks that are like doing things that haven't been done on a football field. Okay? Parlay that into team success. Now, I know that's just one side of the football. We've got to get to the defensive side of the football, and we'll certainly do that here on today's show. But you have to have more than what you got out of this last time. When you did what you did in 2019, you knew it was going to be difficult because of all the things you were losing, all the players. You set the record for NFL draft choices at the time. So you realize that. That doesn't mean you can't go be competitive. It doesn't mean you can't go win something. Certainly now, right? We've talked about it three, four times already. The portal opened today. You have to be able, like if I'm a receiver and there's a slew of receivers, there's five guys that are Sunday players in the portal right now. Okay, you just you just had a tandem that was as cool as anybody in college football in 2019. You got another tandem that's as cool as anybody in 2023. Two Blitnikoff semifinalists, right? So you should have advantage at that position as well. But you have to take that advantage. You have to move with that advantage and go turn it in to having two guys that are in the portal right now that want to come play receiver at LSU because in 19, those two guys, arguably two of the best five receivers in all of football, right? Now you got two that are about to be first-round draft choices, right? Use those things to your advantage. And for so long, and this is multiple staffs going back, so I'm not just picking on one staff. For so long, it just felt like you never capitalized on the things that you had going into the next year. And that's the difference. It's the difference between being a great program and an elite program. Right, So I want to see some of that transfer portal news come LSU's way because it should. You have the blueprint. Do you want to be a top five NFL receiver? Come to LSU. You want to be a Blitnikoff semifinalist? We got two of them. Right? Come to LSU. You have to be able to do that. And going to be fascinating over the next couple of days because, again, 
these names are coming fast through the portal, if LSU is able to, in fact, go do that, go get some playmakers, even quarterback. We talked about it. Go bring somebody in. This is Nussmeyer's job. Go bring somebody in to compete with him, though. All right, we're going to take our last break of our number one. Just a couple of reminders. We've got Ross Jackson set, joining us at uh, 8.30. Got to talk about the Saints game. Man, ebbs and flows in that one. Uh, almost turned it off territory when it got to 21 to nothing. They fought their way back, but it wasn't enough. So we'll cover the Saints. We got more college football news. We got to talk about the bowl game LSU's going to, some of the other matchups we've got in bowl season. We'll do it all here on OTB. Off the bench with Hester and T-Bob. All-Star Toyota presents Off the Bench with Hester and T-Bob, ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, and 1130 The Tiger. All right, welcome back in OTB. Quick segment here. How do we feel about the bowl game? Um, I'm kind of a little mixed reviews. A lot of people excited because very, very good chance to get to your 10th win. Wisconsin, 7-5, and uh, hasn't. You know, done the explosive things and the dairy raid that they were hoping. Uh, you get to go to Tampa, so I mean, uh, you know, not a bad spot to be on New Year's Day if you're going to play in a bowl game, a very winnable game. But feels like LSU deserves to be in a better spot against uh, an unranked team. Seems a little weird. I, I don't, I don't hate the bowl game. I mean, but I'm, I'm someone who loves every bowl game. I mean, you get to no, see I love bowl games. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, you get to go to Tampa. You're familiar with it. You've played well there for the most part. I get it. I mean, I've seen a lot of people being like, LSU deserved better than this. And, you know, if I'm being objective, I'm like, yeah, they probably did. But it's like, you win more games, you get a better bowl game. Oh, like for that, sure. That's, that's where I'm I was at. even and, thinking about more opponent yeah, than the I, actual I game. The, the game's like, not bad at we all. Saw it, we saw it uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was like, everybody projected yeah. LSU was going to this bowl game. But like four yeah. of the five people were like, Oh, you're going Notre Dame. Everybody that, thought it was playing. Notre Dame. I was some, oof, and then I would have had some juice. The other team, I don't remember who it was. But well, you also have, you have three Big Ten teams in the New Year's Six are playoff. You have three SEC, SEC in the New Year's Six are playoff, and that's what obviously did you in there. So, uh, I don't know. The opponent, again, winnable game, which is good. Get to that 10th victory for LSU. We'll be back. Hour number two of OTB. Off the bench with Hester and T-Bob. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. 